Hey, Faith family. Uh, how you living? Uh, how you walking? I hope your answer is. I'm living by faith and I'm walking by faith. This is the only way I'm called to, ple- to walk. And doing so, I know I will be pleasing God because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And he's instructed us to walk by faith and not by sight. So again, thanks. It's good to, uh, good to be here another in the, with another episode of Faith Life with you this evening. I'm your host, Curtis D. Young, and I just thank God for, for you all tuning in tonight. And we've been discussing a bit, a good topic um, entitled Being Well-Rooted in the Word of God. Being Well-Rooted in the Word of God. And we um, closed out last week um, and under, with understanding that God's Word is infallible. God's word is inerrant. It is our. It must become our life. It is a, our necessity to live by. And God's word being infallible means what? It's incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. God's word is inerrant, which signifies that the, the quality of of it being free from all falsehood or mistakes. Jesus said. Job said in Job 23, 12, God's word had became his necessary food. Jesus said, no man can live by bread alone, his natural understanding, but he lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, from the word of God. Okay, so we got to be well written in this word and understand it. Is this is what we're called to live by if we're going to please God and and, and and accomplish what he's called us to accomplish as, as being a successful fisher of man in this earth and desiring his will to be established, his will to be established in this earth as, he, as it is in heaven. All right. So we're going to continue talking about God's word must have final authority in our lives. It must have final authority. God's word. It, it, it supersedes, as we talked about, all knowledge and understanding of any other books from a nat- that's written from a natural perspective or from a select so secular perspective. God's word, because God's word is 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 supreme, and this is is, is supreme. You got to believe it. And if you're going to you're going to compare you compare all knowledge to God's word, <laughs> and God's word will always prove true and went out and give you the proper and right perspective and direction for your life. Okay, the Bible claims complete authority over our lives, and then many people do not always recognize it. You're gonna have some people who don't recognize the Bible's being authority, authoritative. Uh, they are there are many that live their lives um, with this thought process that all truth is relative. Of of uh, and of course, this lessens the powerful impact the word can have on our lives. People who have this view. They they look at the Bible just some normal ordinary book written um, written by man and that's not the case as we already established in Second Peter first chapter in that twenty and twenty first verse okay yeah I was reading this book here um, um, called um, the God's Word take God's word for it and then in the book is talked about Dr Martin Lloyd Jones he wrote. Um, those these words he worked he wrote some words back in the um church of the 1950s that are even true for the church today that's what they like about the word of god the word of god is it's it is relevant today 
God, God has already spoken the word and already created everything by his spoken word. And, and, and everything is already taken, just to have taken place from back then, 2000 something years ago, when the earth was established all the way up until now, <laughs> it, it has already been, already been established by God. <laughs> we just get an opportunity to live it out the word of God upon the earth. I mean, God is just amazing. He's amazing. So everything, the, the God's word, as, as effective and powerful it was then, is still relevant and effective and power, powerful today. Okay, God's God's word does not change. It's the same today, yesterday, and it'll be the same forever. Okay, so um, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote, he said, he points out that the attack on scripture's authority began in the middle of the 18th century with the beginning of what came to be known as the high critical view of scripture. Naturalistic presumptions, along with man's knowledge, new discoveries in science and human reasoning and understanding were brought to bear in an attempt <laughs> to analyze the Bible and get at its real core. <laughs> See, yeah, that's that, that goes man. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what evolution came in. You know, be man, man having their own ideas, scientists having their own mindset of, of, of wondering, of, of believing how the world was formed when God already spoken in His Word, and and anything that man discovering is already here because God put it here. Okay, so there's nothing new under the sun. God made it. <laughs> and now man just have to is, is discovering it as he lives out this life. But you got to attribute everything to God because he only he can make things makes things make sense <laughs> to you. OK, so but man, you know, have, take on their view and they try to find ways to to, to remove God from the picture. OK, and that's what um, he, he talked about. That's what they, they started. To, man back then. In the 50s, started to come against scripture. Tried to, to start in the 18th century. Tried to come against scripture and put and put it down. And, and as, as it not being the authoritative word of God, but no matter how hard they try, they can't stop the word of God from coming to pass. Okay, and that that good and that that, that, that has, made, has me bring back up that point we talked about personal experience. You gotta take personal responsibility of the word. People cannot refute refute, should I say, your testimony. Because <laughs> when you have a real experience with God and you know you've been transformed, <laughs> people can't refute your testimony, can't, can't make you doubt. Okay, you, you if anything, you convince them by the way you live and the way you believe. That's what God has called us to do. So he says here and continue, he says, <clears throat> from this viewpoint, all this development to the movement we know today is liberalism. Okay, and liberalists they see the Bible as a full as full of errors. Uh, they they see it only as the work of man, something to be accepted as having no more authority than the works of Shakespeare or Henry uh, Wadsworth Longfellow as any other ordinary book. Okay, but so we we gotta be we gotta be sure because man is searching for the truth. You know, man is searching for the truth. You know. <clears throat> Because the truth will enlighten you and set you free from confusion. And we know the word of God is the truth. Um, I like this in here. And let's look look, look at um Acts, the 17th chapter. And this was back in the, you know, in the Bible days, and and how you have the Greek philosophers and people with their own ideals, and they always want you know, try to outsmart one another and one up one another with their wisdom, with their knowledge. 
but but in, in essence that you you'll see when I read these scriptures they all were searching for the truth <laughs> and but but man cannot you know establish truth based on what his his humanistic thinking here in Acts the 17th chapter Paul was on one of his missionary trips in Athens and let's see here. I want to look, let's see. I'll start, I'll start with the first verse and I'll just skip through some of these verses. It says, Paul and Silas then traveled through the towns of Amphilus and Amplonia and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with people. See, we got to know this word. He used the scriptures to reason with people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with many God-fearing Greek men and, a quite, and, and quite a few of prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous, okay? When people, because you're gonna have, like I said, we're gonna have opposition in this world. You're gonna have people that that are religious. They they are religious minded, and they, and if they, and if you don't accept their truth, they they'll come against you. This was this was going on. The Jews, there were some Jews that were jealous of Paul when he was speaking, and he, and and because they, they see the effects of the power the truth can have on on, on others. He says, so they gather they gather some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out to the crowd. Not finding them they um, there, they were dragged out. Um, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are here disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. The people of the city, as well as the city council, were thrown into turmoil by these reports. So the officials forced Jason and the other believers to post bond and then release them. Okay. Now this is Paul and Silas and Berea. So they said they that that very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. Berea. Um, when they arrived there, they went again to the Jewish synagogue and the people of Berea were more open-minded uh, than those in Thessalonica. They they listened eagerly <clears throat> to Paul's message. See, we got to be when, when, when we convinced of this word, we know this word is the truth because the, the word says that the, 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 the gospel message, the good news is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. OK, so this power in this in this in preaching, this gospel and living this gospel is it could transform people's lives, save people's lives. So so these here, they were open minded in this new city. They was preaching the word and he says <clears throat> and they. um, But but then again, <laughs> there was some people, some more Jews who who stirred up trouble again. And because the, the power of the word that was being proclaimed by Paul and Silas was having a, a great impact. Again, there in Berea. So again, they, so then Paul then went on to Athens. He said, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled 
by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. Okay. People worshiping different gods, many gods, but seek to seek the true God. Okay. Now listen to this. He went into the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God fearing Gentiles. And he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicureans and the Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, what's this babbler trying to say? Remember, natural minded man can't understand the things of God yet. Okay, but that don't stop us from preaching in season and out of season. We got to still preach the word of God. Okay, then he said, he said, and then others said, he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. He said, come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what this is all about. Um, it should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to be to spend their time discussing the latest ideas, man's ideas, okay? So Paul, standing before the council, he addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice, and you see, as people of God, we have to take notice in, of, our, of, our, of our surroundings. We have to be spiritually alert and attuned to what's going on, okay? He says, he said, man of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. <laughs> This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. So Paul is letting them know about Jesus. He says, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human, with human, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need for for one man. He created all the nations throughout the whole earth. And he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God, the true God, and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for he in him we live. We move and we exist. And some of your own poets, Paul putting it back on them, and some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Okay? So then you know, people are seeking. They, they want to know the truth, but just gotta, you got to just hear it and then hopefully, and then we believe and they will believe it and receive it. Because God is the father of all and creator of all. People just got to be born again by believing the truth of Jesus Christ. He said, and since this is true, we should think we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. OK, so so man are seeking seeking for the truth. And Paul and, and, and Silas were going preaching the truth, preaching the gospel. And letting people know that the, the, the truth that we're speaking is the truth for you, the truth for all. You just have to believe. You did man out there groping in the dark, trying to trying to just trying to seek after the truth. 
but 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 the, now the truth through Paul and Silas is being preached to them. They just have to receive, believe and receive and believe, and they'll see their lives impacted by the powerful impact the word has. Okay, so so again, we're we we got to we we got to stand for the truth. We got to be able to, to we got to know this truth and be able to communicate this truth and effectively. And it's not remember it. We got the power of the Holy Spirit. We grow in grace and knowledge. And he is our counselor. He is our teacher. He is our resident um, spiritual residence. He takes spiritual habitation in our bodies, and he and the Holy Spirit will bring to our minds what we need to say and how we need to say it at the right time. That those words that come from our mouths will be a powerful and impactful. Okay, that's what the Holy Spirit will do for us. I'm gonna want you to listen to this before I go on. I want you to listen to um um second first Corinthians that second chapter. This is Paul. You know, and in this chapter it talks about the wisdom of God superseding the the wisdom of of the world, and then Paul here in this First Corinthians second chapter, beginning with that uh, fourth verse, he says, "In my message, in my preaching, were very plain." I mean, he said it was a straightforward message. He says, "Whether than using clever and persuasive speeches, just to sound good, being a good orator." I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Okay? Paul knows it's the Holy Spirit that can effectively communicate this word through us. And he will be able to demonstrate uh, the authority and the power this word has. And uh, it can have in our lives and through our lives to impact others, okay? Because because the, the word would transform you, would change people. As you see, if you if you read throughout the Bible, especially when he was sending them out preaching and teaching the gospel everywhere, there were always many who believed, <laughs> you know. And, and the enemy gets upset, so we always have those religious minded people or people who don't believe to try to come up against you, to stop you. You know, put fear and trepidation in your heart so to prevent you from moving forth with the gospel. But the word is powerful. It will trans people's lives. And he knows how powerful the word is. He knows how powerful the word is. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to use us to teach it and preach it and live it, he will have impact through our lives if we're dependent upon him to do so. Okay? I like this. Um, about, I read this about Billy Graham. He said here, before um, he launched he launched his career as a minister, um, as evangelist, he uh, wrestled, you know, in the beginning with doubts and uh, doubts about scripture. He can't, This is the conclusion that Billy Graham came to. He said, I believe it. It is not. He said, I believe it is not possible to understand everything in the Bible intellectually. OK, he said, but one day he just decided to accept the scriptures by faith. And that's what God's called us to live by, faith. He told he wants us to put our faith in him and his word because he know his word is sure, it's true, okay? And God's plan and purpose for us people of the world is all for good, not for evil, to give you future hope and expected end. Jesus said, I didn't come, to, I come to give you life. You know, the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy your life. God, Jesus said, I come to give you life and it full and abundant, okay? So you just got to accept it by faith. You got to believe the word and accept it by faith. And then as you are, you know, walk by faith, live by faith, do everything according to the word by faith, 
Holy Spirit begins to enlighten your eyes to understanding and you start seeing the word because faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. So as you walk by faith, the, the, the scripture says the, the word, the Holy Spirit begins to frame your world. <laughs> it means the, everything starts to come together. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, and the faith that you have placed in God's word, word begins to shape your, your life. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing that transpires. You start to see things manifest. Faith is something things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. You believe it, <laughs> you begin to act upon it, and eventually you see what God's plan begins to unfold in your life. And it's a good thing, good plan. All right. So you just got accepted by faith, Billy Graham. He just said, I decided to accept this word by faith and allow God to use me to do his work and do his will. And, he, and when he did that, he says, when I accepted the word of God as an authoritative word, as authoritative word of my life, it said it became a flame in my hand. The flame began to melt away unbelief in my heart, of course, and in the hearts of others that God had me preaching the word to. Said so many people were moved and, and, and toward a decision for Christ. Okay, power of God of the salvation to all those who believe. How 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 could people be saying that there are if people are pre, there's no preachers? There's no people out here proclaiming the truth. Gotta have a pre. Gotta be. God wants to use us as His mouthpiece to preach the truth and to live out this truth. Be a demonstration of the word uh, uh, the word of God. In, in the earth, okay? So he said it became that flame in his hand and he began to melt away the unbelief in his heart and of course the unbelief in others' hearts that who he proclaimed the gospel to and led and moved them to decide to give their lives to Christ. I'm telling you, man, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. So God's word, God's word, you got to be rid of it. You got to believe God's word as being true, as being the truth. Okay. Four ways that, that can be proved, that can prove that God's word is true. And in life itself, you know, this earth, everything he talks to me, if you read through Psalms, it talks about how the earth, everything in the earth, give God's glory, give God's glory. It gives glory to God. It manifests God's glory in the earth. Okay? Uh, so one, proving God's word is true. One, of course, when we talked about personal experience, you know, you you, you say you you gave your life to Christ. And you put your faith and trust in the word of God. You've seen how the word of God has transformed your life. And nobody can refute your testimony. Okay? Two, science. You know, science speaks speaks to, you know, the creation in, um, of God. Speaks to, the verifies the word of God. Three, archaeology. You know, when, when, when the scientists and archaeologists find discoveries of, of bones, of dinosaurs, whatever, that gives glory to God. Everything God talked about in the Word <laughs> is that the, He allowed man to discover it. And, that, and so that's giving glory to God, truth of His Word. And of course, four, fulfilled prophecy. God's Word is already it's prophetic, it's already been spoken. It's already been, it's already been spoken. Now we're just watching everything unfold. We're watching the word being lived out and being revealed before our eyes. Okay. So when God speaks, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it comes to life. The word is true. God will perform his word in his life. He will bring everything he says to pass. Okay. So ultimately, the question of authority, authority of scripture is a matter of faith 
and not of argument. Bottom line. <laughs> so it's a matter matter of faith. That's why that's why he told us in the beginning, don't get in Colossians, don't get caught up in 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 in, 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 in um debates and fights and arguments with, with people of the world. Because natural minded men don't understand things of God. That's where we get to a point where we just let our light shine. We speak the truth and we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how to live the truth. That's it. And then, then the power of the Holy Spirit will move. He will move on people's hearts to bring forth transformation um, to their lives and to draw them unto, out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. So we don't argue. We don't debate. We just accept. We just live about. We accept it by faith. We live it out by faith. And we got to trust that the Holy Spirit would do his work. If he used us to teach it and, and to speak it and to live it, he will have the impact on uh, uh, other people in the world that we come in contact with to draw them out of, of darkness into the marvelous light. Okay. So one personal experience, the Bible really changes lives. As we know in first, second Corinthians five seventeen. if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Okay. Old things have passed away. He, he, all things become new. So he is a new creature. Second Corinthians three sixteen to 18 talks about how we are conformed. Um, um, by into, into the image of Christ, through believing in Christ and through the word of word of God, we're conformed into the image of Christ because the Holy Spirit takes residence in us and He transforms us through the word of God. Okay, so um, we're washed by the blood and by the word, and that's in Revelations twelve, um, twelve chapter Revelations talks about how we are washed by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. Okay, that's that personal testimony that that truly can speak volumes um, to others and to produce transformation in their lives. A, um, a Bible that I love this one, and, and this is a and this is so when I heard read this, this this is so true. A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to somebody who isn't. You get that? I love that. A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to somebody who isn't. And I, and I can attest to that. My mom gave me a Bible at the age of 18. And that Bible was pretty Bible, you know. And I did not open that Bible up and really dive into it until I was 28 years old. And I tell you, if I show you a picture of that Bible today, you it was it's, it was used and abused. Pat used to work at a book company. She had a couple of times we had to go back and get that book, book Bible put back together because I tell you, I wore it out, I wore it out. And I tell you, it, it, but that that Bible and that word put my life together, got me on track and reshaped my life, conformed me into the image of Christ. And I'm telling you, boy, I haven't looked back since. So I know that is true. A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to somebody who isn't. I'm telling you, the word of God will transform your life. Just put your faith and your trust in it. Hear it by the way of the Holy Spirit and believe it and allow him to use you to do it. And you will see awesome results happening in your life as a result. Okay. There is only one argument that can prove to us that the Bible is true and authoritative. And guess what that is? our lives, <laughs> the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our minds. John 16, 13 says, however, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. 
See, we're born again of God's spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And remember, the Jesus, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our comforter. So receive his counsel. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. He's God, God, the Holy Spirit. And he will, he know he has your life already purposed and planned and mapped out. You have to seek him and he will guide you. He said, now that you're new, you don't lean to your own understanding. He said, acknowledge me in all your ways. Trust me with all your heart. Acknowledge me in all your ways. And you will uh, you will know that I am directing your path. He said, don't lean to your own understanding. Don't go back to that natural way of thinking, old way of thinking. But trust in me. Trust in me. All your heart. And lean not to your understanding, but all your ways acknowledge me. And I will direct your path. That's what he'll do for you. Okay? That's what the Holy Spirit's there. Trust him. Depend upon him. That's what he wants us to do. He says, we cannot know God on our own, no matter how hard we try. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals God to us himself. Jesus answered, this is John 3, 3, talking when Jesus was encountered um, Nicodemus. He said, Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay? And then also in, in um, John 4, 23. But the but the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is speaking such to seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So you got to be born again of God's spirit. God is spirit, and now we're born again of his spirit. We can receive revelation and knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to close it out there today. And I just want to thank you for tuning in tonight. And I thank God for each and every one of you. Continue to be encouraged and continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Till we meet again on our next episode. I love you. God bless you.